This is IAQ Radio, Indoor Air Quality Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry, with your hosts, Radio Joe Hughes and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. And now, Radio Joe Hughes. Good day, wherever you're listening from, and welcome to IAQ Radio, episode 462. It's Friday, June 2nd, 2017, and this week we welcome Larry Zarker, the CEO of the Building Performance Institute, and Joe Medosh of the Energy and Environmental Consulting, LLC. We're going to talk a little bit about the Healthy Home Evaluator Program and the Building Performance Institute, and uh, looking forward to a great show. Before we get started, let's thank our our marquee sponsors. IAQ Radio marquee sponsors are John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. Healthy Indoor Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at IAQ.net. Legends Environmental Insurance, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years at legends-enviro.com. That's legends-enviro.com. And last but not least, please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at iaqtraining.com. Let's turn it over to the Z-Man for today's IAQ Radio trivia question. And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio trivia question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to czlotnick at cs.com. Or if listening live, just text your answer from your computer. And now, here's the Z-Man with this week's IAQ Radio trivia question. Hello, everybody. The answer to our last trivia question is the well-building standard focuses on the people in the building and was provided first by Doug Conan, Aerotech Environmental, Dayton, Ohio. The IQ Radio trivia question for today, Friday, June 2, 2017, has been sponsored by Ideas, the solution chemistry company, creating unique solutions to odor removal, surface cleaning, and decontamination problems. Now for today's IQ radio trivia question. What is home performance? Back to you, Joe. Thank you, Cliff. Okay, today's guest, Larry Zarker and Joe Medosh. Larry is the CEO of the Building Performance Institute, the professional standard setting and credentialing organization for both the weatherization and home performance contracting industries. He oversees their national network of over 12,000 certified professionals and the BPI Gold Star Contracting Companies. He helped found and served on the board of directors of Efficiency First, the Trade Association for America's Home Performance Workforce, and prior to working at BPI, he worked for nearly 20 years with the National Association of Home Builders Research Center and was the vice president of marketing for over a decade, serving both the new home and remodeling sectors. And then we've got Joe Medosh. Joe's the owner of Energy and Environmental Consulting, LLC, and he's the executive director of the Healthy Home Environmental Environment Association. He participated in the development of the Building Performance Institute's HHE credential, the Healthy Home Evaluator credential, and is a Healthy Homes Master Trainer. He's got a whole bunch of BPI certifications, and he's been working on the uh, Train the Trainer program, too, for the uh, BPI Healthy Home Evaluator Program. And uh, let's let's get started with uh, Larry. Do we have you on the line? Yes, I'm on. All right. Great to have you. And uh, I'm wondering if you can update listeners a little bit on, uh, you know, the activities at BPI. You've got this new program going. How many, how many certification programs are there? All in all, I, we have about um, 18 um, certifications. Um, so we're a 23-year-old national nonprofit organization formed in New York, um, and we focus on developing standards and uh, certifying the workforce. What? How many standards do you have? Uh, about the same number. Um, so it's not a one-for-one. Alignment, 
Um, in some cases, we have uh, certifications that don't have uh, one of our uh, standards behind it. But for the most part, uh, the standards and the certifications align. I see. And Joe, why don't you, uh, do we have you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks for right. having, having us today. This is a great opportunity. Welcome, Joe. It's great to have you. We've, we've met uh, a couple times now, and it's great to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about your involvement with BPI. Uh, I've been certified for quite a while. In fact, I have to redo my certification uh, tomorrow. <laughs> so oh. um, it's, just, it's a phenomenal uh, resource and organization that's tried to uh, organize everybody from HVAC contractors to home performance to people that can do code compliance to really what I think will be the legacy is actually the new uh, healthy home environmental environment um, uh, con uh, certificate. So um, this is definitely something that has been embedded in a lot of things that we do and now actually has its own place uh, in the industry. And Larry, before we get into a little more detail on that, what give us a little overview of the home performance industry. Where Where is it now? And, and now, I guess we use the term home performance. I noticed in your, your bio you had uh, weatherization and home performance. And, and are they kind of separate now? Or um, tell us a little bit more about that. You know, I really see the two uh, as being um, the same. It, pro programmatically uh, in state and utility programs, there's a difference between market-based programs and uh, low to moderate income uh, weatherization programs, but the building science is the same across the board. Um, and in terms of where I think the industry is headed, you know, we got into this, this situation in the 1970s with the Arab oil embargo where, um, you know, we had gas lines and we, we responded with new public policy to try and end our dependence on foreign energy sources. We created a national speed limit for, for, for cars and um, we created incentive programs um, for saving energy and reducing our dependence on foreign energy sources. But with those um, incentives came regulatory requirements for payback and hence a, a, a series of cost effectiveness tests. And what we're learning from the um, contractors is that these cost effectiveness tests um, are all of the benefits of uh, home performance, but, but they don't um, uh, allow for non-energy benefits, including comfort, health, safety, and durability. And the contractors are telling us that comfort, health, and safety are the key drivers for their customers. So we see that, that perhaps instead of focusing on uh, energy efficiency as the driver, we should respond to customer concerns about health and safety in their home. I see. So you're, you're moving toward that kind of a more comprehensive approach, I guess. That's right. And Joe... How do you fit into this? What, what's your background with respect to, were you a, a contractor providing these services in the past? And I understand now you do training uh, courses and, and you, you've got a, a, a little industry association we want to talk about a little bit later. But tell us a little more about your background with, with BPI and, and the types of programs they have. Yeah, no, I used to live in Chicago and I used to was a contractor, a maintenance guy. So I was a a jack of all trades and got to learn a lot from, you know, structural stuff to plumbing, electrical, and uh, just kept growing from there. And, uh, you know, became a home inspector. I did uh, IAQ assessments. I was a CIE and uh, certified to be a mold evaluation. So um, my goal was the more diverse you were, the more options you had to survive in strange economies. So, um, and then I stumbled into BPI as a, uh, you know, a governing body. And it's one thing to know something. It's another to be certified that you know something. So um, I got uh, involved with BPI many years ago and uh, kept trying to grow my credentials and my knowledge based on what they provided. And um, then Larry had the concept of the healthy home um, evaluator. And uh, then I really got heavily involved in the things that uh, BPI and Larry wanted to develop. I see. And Larry, what, what other things do the the contractors out there tell you with respect to where we're headed as far as a, a nation in 
in developing more healthy and, and energy efficient homes. Is that starting to take off? Well, you know, the contractors are a wide group. Um, so some of them are in HVAC, some of them are in insulation, some of them are in insulation, uh, installation of windows, um, um, and some of them are remodelers. Um, and their cycle um, of uh, the seasonality is different. In HVAC, you have these extremes of summer and winter, and then you have down periods in between. And one, one of the things that the successful home performance contractors have told us is that they can minimize the seasonality swings by doing home performance and offering whole house solutions and not just responding to the extremes of the season. So that, that is one of the benefits of home performance contracting. And could you either one of you maybe describe for listeners the difference between just a a weatherization and a a full home performance contracting, um, you know, upgrade to a home. Are we talking about air sealing, insulation, but also a whole new mechanical system? Are we dealing with uh, ductwork, tightening up that ductwork and doing that in a more comprehensive fashion? I think that all those were um, accurate statements, but the difference between weatherization and home performance is that one is actually, you know, a market rate, private um, individuals paying for these. The other one is actually um, state-funded um, or nationally-funded uh, resources that go to what gets done. That's usually weatherization is based upon uh, low-income families. So, um, you know, for those folks, their energy bills are a high percentage of their income. So the you may do the similar things for both homes. Uh, one is just more uh, limited by what are available funds, and the other one's only limited by what the homeowner themselves want to invest in. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a stab at that, too. Um, you know, I, I view what home performance contractors do differently than other um, contractors in the home services industry is that they actually pay attention to customer concerns at the kitchen table and talk to them about what's going on in their house, what kinds of issues they have with perhaps asthma, other, other health conditions. Um, and then they, they identify problems and they work with diagnostic testing to find solutions. They're not there to sell products. They don't start with, you need new windows or you need air sealing. They, they're actually identifying where the problems are and then from a systems perspective, trying to figure out what's the path toward getting that fixed and improving the quality of the life of people who live there. And, and I take it you guys see this as the future of that industry. I mean, are the weatherization programs kind of, are they dying out a little bit or are they going to be increasing here? What's the future on those? When you talk about low-income weatherization, um, the new administration has zeroed out those programs. But my view is that there is a lot of support for that at the local level. There are projects going on in every congressional district, and I don't see this as something that will get defunded. I think it is something that is necessary. There's been 7 million homes that have been upgraded through the National Low-Income Weatherization Assistance Program, and there are many more homes that need that kind of uh, work performed. So do you see maybe the, the funding mechanism changing, Larry, maybe going from the federal to a more regional type of funding mechanism? Well, there's only so many requirements you can uh, force down the throats of states. Um, so they, you know, there, there is, I think there's a, a national role for weatherization assistance. Um, and that it should come from the federal government. Um, it's, it's not clear to me that there is some regional body or state bodies that could pick that up. What do the, how do the utilities fit into this? Wasn't there a, a, a pot of money that they put away over the years for these types of programs, or did I not understand that right? Well, certainly, um, we've worked with about 120 state and utility programs over the years, um, and and they're the ones who provide incentives to do the work. Um, 
And, and you know, what, what I brought up earlier is that they have uh, regulatory environments that can kind of constrain what, what they can invest in. And it's mostly about cost effectiveness of energy payback. And so it doesn't necessarily take into account the um, non-energy benefits, the things like health and safety. But there is a new resource value framework that came out of the Home Performance Coalition, um, the National Efficiency Screening Project, that outlines a set of principles and best practices for screening for energy efficiency. And it's, it's really time to put balance into the criteria for evaluating cost effectiveness that includes things like days away from school or days away from work or the cost of emergency room visits or the cost of staying over in a hospital, those are valuable too. You know, we had a show, I want to say less than a month ago, uh, with Ellen Tone, and, and she had helped put together a, a document, I can't remember the name of it, that, that helped to helped to lay out the, the other benefits in addition to, you know, the fact that you save some money on energy, but also the other benefits you're talking about um, with respect to home performance that, you know, you, you'll get better health outcomes and more comfortable um, conditions for people in the homes. And I, I think that's one of the first documents that really laid that out in that, in that way. Are, are you, I can't think, either one of you know the name of it? Well, I don't have the name in front of me, but I know that Ellen was involved in two big studies along with the National Center for Healthy Housing. Uh, one for DOE, the Home Performance with Energy Star program, looking at health outcomes that are delivered from energy efficient upgrades. And then the E for the Future um, actually sponsored another uh, project looking at what we know in terms of um, how energy efficiency and health upgrades are synergistic. That's the one we, we talked about more than, than the other was the E for the Future paper, and we'll get that up on the on the website again as a part of the blog for this show. All right, let's let's get a little more into the, the healthy home evaluator, that, that credential. Larry, let's let's start with you. What you know, what kind of was the impetus? What led to the development of that credential? So BPEI's motto has always included in it comfort, health, safety, durability, and energy efficiency. But our standards and certifications focus primarily on energy efficiency and a little bit on combustion safety and gas leak testing related to health and safety, but not broader uh, other health and safety issues. And so contractors and other industry professionals convinced us that health and safety concerns in homes should be a focus for BPI. So together with the Green and Healthy Homes Initiative, we pulled together a team of subject matter experts and built the Healthy Home Evaluator um, credential. And these subject matter experts developed the scope of what the credential is along with the certification scheme and actually the test itself. Uh, Joe was one of the people who was um, on that um, subject matter expert team. Um, and just for your information, any information that you want to get on the Healthy Home Evaluator is available at bpi.org slash HHE. And I understand Kevin Kennedy was very involved as well. And we've had Kevin on, I'll bet, five or six times over the years with Children's Mercy Hospital. Joe, you want to add a little bit to what your thoughts are with respect to how this all came about and where it's headed? Yeah, I think that um, one of the things that, my, at least my uh, concept is, is that <clears throat> many people have been doing healthy home assessments um, every time they go to a home, no matter what contractor they are. They're, they're observing conditions that they realize aren't the best for the homeowner, uh, but never really understood that these are things that should be added to the report or should be reducing their liability and making sure they're responsible to the homeowner. So if you've ever been to a home and had, you know, loose treads or loose handrail or trip hazards or um, <clears throat> rodents or signs of pests, those are all healthy home uh, criteria and conditions. So I think we've been doing 
these kind of things. We just haven't really understood that they should be part of any of our reports. And uh, I think there's an uh, underlying element that will be uh, integrated into a variety of assessments. And we started with this concept of a healthy home uh, evaluator to do a healthy home assessment. And I personally predict that eventually this will become more integrated into a variety of uh, uh, of assessment or inspections that people actually do. Um, it'll just be a given that you should be making these kind of comments and recommendations to your clients. And Larry, let, let's clarify, is this a, a certification or is it something slightly different? Well, so we started out thinking this would be a micro-credential, a certification um, that, that had a prerequisite. But by the time we were through, we realized it wasn't a micro-credential. It's a full certification that has prerequisite requirements. So the scheme committee determined that the Healthy Home Evaluator builds on skill set of at least one of the following certifications, the building analyst, the energy auditor, the quality control inspector, or the multifamily building analyst. So these are people who are comfortable with diagnostic testing. They're comfortable in crawl spaces and attics and wet basements. They understand the house as a system. What they're doing now is going a level up to understand the environmental risk assessment process. And uh, if I, yeah, I'm going to add that, Joe. Please. Yeah, so, um, you know, my background was um, as a CIE and, um, you know, doing those types of evaluations. And I would regularly go into homes that had, you know, suspect mold, learn to find out that, yes, it is mold after testing it in the attic, in the crawl space. These are very common things that homeowners are calling, uh, you know, professionals to come out and evaluate. And my training and all the other and my mentors and other people would be like, well, that's not an IAQ, indoor air quality issue. That's a building defect, all right? That was a, a common um, standard, you know, result of most of the people that I spoke with. That's just how IAQ thought of it. That's not an indoor issue. The attic is not part of the indoor area. But as a building scientist, as a BPI credential professional, we know that's not the case, that the attic and the crawl spaces are usually more significantly connected than we ever want to admit. So if you really want to find out how connected they are, get a blower door and find out um, easily how connected the attic is and the crawl space is to the house. And now you realize that those conditions are a major impact upon the the occupants. Um, So I kind of got into energy at the same time as I was seeing some of these issues and realized that, you know, this is wrong. Um, These things are connected and I can prove it. So, I shifted from IAQ, uh, which has a high liability for some things, to energy, um, and I'm now coming back. So I have a full circle as to what we can actually do um, with IAQ and um, full building assessments. And not just to go up and say, oh, you have a problem, but building analysts and uh, building scientists concepts tell you, why do you have this problem? Why do you have high moisture in your house? Where is the moisture coming from? and try to give some guidance as to not just clean this up by a professional or by the homeowner, but let's figure out that it doesn't come back again. It's a major complaint that you fix something and six months later it's back or the same spring season, this comes back. So we try to make sure that the healthy home evaluator isn't just there to assess this immediate condition, but to find out why it happens and how to make sure they uh, prevent that from reoccurring. Larry, let me, Let's let's get through the certification part, and then I want to I'll get into a little more detail. Are these third party accredited certifications, or how do you how does BPI look at that? And and if they if they're not, are you looking at doing that down the road? So BPI is accredited by ANSI under ISO seventeen zero two four as a personnel certification body, and to date, four of our certifications, the home energy professional certifications that we developed for DOE and NREL for the um, National Low-Income Weatherization Assistance Program, they're accredited by ANSI. We follow ANSI requirements on all of our certifications, but it is cost prohibitive for us to run all of our certifications through ANSI. We just don't have the resources to do that. So in the case of the Healthy Home Evaluator, we follow ANSI requirements in all of our procedures, but we don't go for that outside 
third-party accreditation just because it's prohibitively expensive. What What's the tipping point on that? How many? Let, let's start with this. How well has the program been received? Are, are you getting a lot of people interested in the program? I mean, are, are people? I know you've been doing some train the trainer things, so I don't know if you know they're, they're actually running courses right now. But how's it being received by by your you know your what is it twelve thousand people out there that already have your certifications? So, so we had a chicken and egg situation. We, we, we didn't have curriculum. We didn't have a certification. There wasn't any real training in this particular area. And the subject matter experts decided, let's build the certification and get it through pilot testing. We had 300 people from the industry take the exam. And, and so we knew that there was interest there, but then we had to step back and we worked with the uh, Healthy Housing Solutions and with funding from uh, HUD to start to build the curriculum that trainers around the country, uh, we have 130 test centers that do uh, training, that they could then have a curriculum and that they could use. And Joe and Kevin and, and Rick Hall and others have been very active in doing the train the trainer throughout the test center network. So we see that the demand will pick up once that these test centers have the uh, trainers uh, ready in their market. Um, but we knew that there was going to be a lag after um, the initial pilot phase. And Joe, do you want to add anything there? What's your experience been with people? You're out talking to people all the time. Are they excited about this? Yeah, I think well, a lot of people are excited about it and trying to figure out how to apply this. How do I... Uh, add this to my business model, or is there a business model behind it? And I think people are a little um, gun shy about what it is that uh, how this fits in. So, um, you know, I think uh, it needs probably about another year for people to start to realize, wow, this is something that I can add to my existing business model or can develop it by itself. Um, I describe it as if we can go back to like 1995 and you had a computer. And there wasn't a lot you could do with it. And people started mentioning the word .com. And uh, suddenly it wasn't but a few years later that everything kind of exploded. I do think that there is a uh, concept that's, uh, and a feeling that's happening where a lot of folks are concerned about their health insurance. They're concerned about you know, their, their, their health care. How much is their home impacting that? Um, what can they do to be more preventative? Um, uh, elderly folks, aging in place concepts, people having babies, all these kind of things enter into how much is my home impacting my health and my conditions. And I think there's going to be more of awareness of how this uh, enters the consumer market. And uh, then we're going to open up avenues for more of a business model. And Larry, going back to um, what BPI does, are you? Do you have plans for developing any kind of standards to to go along with this certification in this somewhat, I guess it's a somewhat new arena for you? We don't currently have any plans to create that standard. When the, we brought together the subject matter experts, they looked at the um, uh, standards that are out there and felt that the, that there was sufficient standards in place through ASHRAE, ASTM, um, uh, National Center for Healthy Housing, um, that we didn't necessarily need to start with a standard which could take years to pull together, but to, to reference existing standards in the market and then build this certification. So that's... I, 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 I'll, I'll definitely jump in there for a second. Go ahead, so, Joe. Um, the challenge is that there are not uh, a protocol, as we would describe it, as to um, how to do a healthy home uh, assessment. And Kevin Kennedy and I are focused on let's pin this down. Let's actually create a guidance for this new industry or individuals that want to do this. Um, and uh, it, it's our focus to do that. So that's really how the HIA, the Healthy Home Environment Association, came about, was that realizing that there's a um, – we now have um, certified professionals and there's nobody to support them. So – um, this organization is designed to create a variety of, uh, of uh, support mechanisms, one of which is the, um, you know, the uh, protocols. That's actually kind of a long-term. I'm hoping by next spring we have a 1.1 uh, a, a version of protocols, but um, we also want to come up with 
uh, criteria that defines what is a healthy home assessment, um, similar to what the home inspectors have from uh, ASHI, who is a uh, support uh, body for home inspectors. It's They've got a, a two-page, or it's probably a four-page guide that just says, here's what uh, a home inspection is and is not, so that the the occupant, the client, understands what it is this person should be doing or, or will not be doing, and it gives everybody a, a even playing field. So there's uh, right now the, the, it's too wide of a market, uh, or what is it they're, they're doing or not doing. So our goal is trying to give some guidance. You can exceed that, um, but at least kind of shows what it is that you should be focused on and what will happen in a house, and then bridge upon more um, protocols and come up with some uh, associate certificates to kind of support the industry and make it more of a trade uh, concept that you would step up from uh, a beginner to a expert. Okay. We've got to stop and thank our sponsors and uh, we'll be back. We've got Larry Zarker and we've got Joe Medos. We're talking about the uh, healthy home evaluator through the building performance Institute. We'll be back in 90 seconds with the second half of our show. IAQ radio would like to thank our association sponsors. The Indoor Air Quality Association, a nonprofit multidisciplinary organization dedicated to promoting the exchange of indoor environmental information through education and research. Visit them at IAQA.org. Particles Plus, engineers and manufacturers feature rich particle counters, air quality monitoring, instrumentation, and vacuum pump technology. ParticlesPlus.com. Count on us. Gray Wolf Sensing Solutions, who use advanced sensor software technology and embedded computers to provide superior environmental test instrumentation. Visit them. WolfSense.com. IAQ marquee sponsors are... John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop. Visit them at johndon.com. That's J-O-N-D-O-N.com. Healthy Indoor Magazine, a free online digital magazine for industry professionals and consumers. Subscriptions are available at iaq.net. Legends Environmental Insurance, the experts in insurance for environmental consultants and contractors for over 20 years at legends-enviro.com. That's legends-enviro.com. Okay, we're back for the second half of our interview. I see some people have lost the connection here and there, and they're coming back in. Just, I, and We've had pretty good luck here, and also I uh, want to make sure people know we will have a recording of the show. Everything's gone well on my end, and we've been able to keep everybody else on the line here. Cliff, before I get started, did you have any follow-ups you wanted to uh, ask before I start the second half here? No, Joe, I, I think that it's a very important show because we have many listeners that come from, um, you know, building performance, indoor air quality, uh, home inspection, and so on and so forth. And, you know, some of them are struggling to make a living, and it seems that this uh, is an opportunity for them. So let's just get back and discuss more. Okay, let's let's talk a little more about the the process for, for getting the, um, the credential, there's no experience requirement with respect to doing indoor environmental quality work. Or am I missing that? Wait, can I, can I do uh, make one comment? Go ahead, Joe. That, um, yeah, one of the things I'm trying to change is the dialogue about that healthy homes does incorporate IAQ, but that means it's not IAQ. Right, so people are. We're, our industry has been so heavily influenced by what IAQ is and how uh, important that is. But a healthy home goes way beyond the concept of IAQ. Right, so it has to do a lot with, um, you know, other like safety conditions or other issues in the house that are IAQ. It's just really one element. So when you're talking about healthy homes, I think it's important to distinguish the two in terms of how we. Uh, can apply them. So if you're going to go to a client's house and you talk IAQ, it can be very limiting. But if you're going to talk about healthy homes, it's a much broader perspective as to what it is you're actually able to provide for your client. So it's just a point of clarification. How? And I think there's a very good point here about uh, what it is that the assessor is doing. They're they're conducting environmental risk assessment and and informing or communicating those results to the homeowner. They're not saying 
we're going to cure Susie's asthma and get her back out on the soccer field. They can't do that. They don't have the the ability to solve medical issues. But but what I think has been informative from Kevin's experience with Children's Mercy Hospital is that the doctors find that they can't advance the um, um, patient's um, health any further, and they say maybe there's something going on in the home. Could you do an intervention and understand what's going on in that home and, the, and report back to us so that we can have a fuller picture? And I, it's really important that we distinguish that, that we're not there fixing a health condition of an individual. It's more the environmental risk that is uh, found in the home. I guess to, I, to answer your question, Joe, the, there is no requirement to have a IAQ background or any other IAQ uh, type of uh, knowledge. In fact, most people come into the Healthy Home Evaluator having none of that. Uh, it's somewhat a little intimidating that they're coming in with a building science background trying to learn more about these environmental health risks and impacts. So that's usually the background for most folks that are doing this credential. I think you guys sort of answered the the text question I'm looking at here. The healthy home assessment is not an investigation of health complaints. Are they claiming to be doing a health risk assessment or identify the cause of symptoms? And you guys are saying no, as I understand it. Is that accurate? I would say yes and no. Um, so if I if I go to a home and they're telling me that they are having a lot of uh, coughing, sneezing, wheezing issues, right, then I do need to listen to my client and um, as part of my assessment to keep that in mind. But I'm, all, I'm not there to just as, uh, address that one issue for them. And the goal is to always still do a full home assessment that's a healthy home assessment and come up with conditions that um, may be impacting their condition because you never know. That's, that's one of the underlying elements is I do not know that your carpet that's 18 years old is directly impacting you but there's a lot of evidence-based conditions to say that this really could be a common condition for you or other things that are around there and always making sure that they've consulted with a medical professional about some of their conditions. So it, it isn't, I'm not there to play that role. I'm there to find uh, health risks that are in the home that could be impacting these conditions if that helps define that. Now, Joe, you, you had a little background in doing indoor environmental quality investigations, uh, mold inspections, etc. I'm wondering for those that are coming into the program that don't have that background, they're, you know, they do home performance, uh, they're looking at it in a holistic manner, which I think is a, a great start, but they maybe don't have that background. Are you, you working with a, like a mentoring program of any kind, or are you, are you giving these folks resources for people who are maybe more experienced that they can hook up with that could help them when these situations come up that, you know, um, they're just not quite ready for, or they want to hand it off to someone who has more experience. How are you guys handling that? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's one of the key things that, again, the organization is going to try to implement. So the uh, Healthy Home Environment Association uh, eventually will have um, a uh, membership and it'll be a, a tiered membership. So one of the higher levels will include a mentorship, and that would be other professionals like Kevin Kennedy, um, uh, Luke, and other similar uh, associates that mostly Kevin is actually trained that have given time to help everybody in this industry. So uh, we do feel that the mentorship um, concept is uh, vital, and sometimes it may be one-on-one, but another avenue is we'll probably just host like a monthly uh, call-in, like tell us what you found at a home or what's what are your challenges what is it you're trying to still figure out and uh trying you know share some pictures uh do something that everybody gains from a common knowledge similar to maybe some uh we'll develop a couple of linkedin kind of pages that allow people to say hey what is this and uh see if we can't give some supporting uh, information that's out there and it is a huge um a role that must be addressed with trying to make sure that this is a uh, a successful program Larry, did you want to add anything before? I've got another text I want to get to, but do, do you want to add anything to that? No, I'm good with that. Okay. Um, I, did, I did want to respond to what Cliff said uh, about 
the IAQ professionals, some of them struggling to make a living. Yes. Um, you know, people don't buy IAQ, um, but they are interested in making their homes more healthy. Um, Peter Trost at Energy Circle has been tracking um, Google search data, and IAQ as a search term over time has been falling off, diminishing pretty steadily, while over the same period of time, healthy housing as a search term has been increasing at an accelerating rate. So if you look at industry sectors like the HVAC industry, they've had a hard time selling IAQ equipment that bolts onto the HVAC system because I think people just see that as another gadget. And, and what I want to reinforce is that it all starts at the kitchen table. You know, tell me what's going on in your home. What's going on with your family? Does anyone suffer from asthma? Do you have moisture in different parts of the house? Are there rooms that, um, you know, you can't bring the temperature in the summer or winter? And, and I think we have to orient ourselves around the customer in their home and not focusing on IAQ. Larry, you kind of, you did a great job of leading into this text question I got here. And that is, are, are you doing, when these guys go out and do perform this service as, as you envision it, you and uh, Joe and the others that developed it, are they going to follow some kind of a checklist or um, a standard of some type? What? How do they, you know, when they sit around that kitchen table, as you said, how do they guide that conversation? Well, we um, I've done many webinars about that, and it, that's not just a uh, HHE challenge. That's actually a, a contractor challenge in general. And one of the things that I try to remind contractors is, is to um, – to shut up and listen to your clients because it's really common that you want to go in and share your knowledge and tell them what you can do and all the things you can do and what you've done. And you never really listened that, that your clients will tell you everything you need to know about that house and what they want. And your focus should be resolving what they really want. Um, so that's the first stage of that. And um, the other part is that we still are developing this, this checklist and protocol concept. There's a lot of great materials out there, but nothing that's like, this is what, when I get up from the kitchen table, here's what I'm going to go do at your house. And it, it's my personal goal to have a, a first stage concept of that in uh, before September um, and, uh, and let that be uh, edited and get a lot of feedback and that'll grow into protocols. But right now there isn't this really nice uh, checklist unless you develop one yourself uh, as kind of a guideline. And there's some software that we're also trying to reach out to to create an indirect uh, protocol based upon the software that will help you do this kind of report and you don't feel as though I need to rewrite a bunch of stuff that is uh, a common issue and I find a lot of homes. Right. And and there are some softwares out there like Healthy Housing Solutions has one and and Kevin has been working on one. But but I, I think it's um, it's important that they have at some point have a procedure that they follow. Um, but what we found with um, with building analysts, which is our principal certification for analyzing what's going on in the home, is that those people have a skill set that they follow uh, what they need to do in order to find out where those problems are. And that will develop with the Healthy Home Evaluator as well. Um, and uh, on the website I mentioned earlier, we have the what's called the Certification Scheme Handbook. But in that handbook is the full job task analysis of um, what is expected of the Healthy Home Evaluator. And it's a really nice set of information that ne you need to know uh, about in order to challenge the exam. How, how long is the exam? How many questions? A 100-question, two-hour exam, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I, thought, I think it's only 50 questions. I thought it was 50. Oh, yeah. It, there's two forms. So there's 50 questions, um, and you can have up to two hours to do it. Okay. And I, I, I see these other text questions. Give me a minute. I'll get to them. Um, before I do, though, let, let's get a ballpark idea. What I know you guys aren't, or maybe, Joe, you will be providing these services. A healthy home 
evaluation. Uh, now we're talking about not just focusing on a mold inspection or not just focusing on a specific indoor air quality concern. Um, you're, you're doing a more comprehensive evaluation of the home. What what kind of price range do you guys envision this this being within? Yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> well, so, it's the- and, I, well, and I also don't want to like you know give some guidance as to what people should be charging, or you know that there's a, there's conflicts of uh, interest in terms of you know what Joe said. So um, the 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 it's rare that you're probably going to a home just to do a general healthy home assessment. I mean that that's what we all would hope for, but you're being called out for a specific reason, and that actually would probably adjust your price as to what you might think about time frame you may be spending there, including how old is it, how large is it, um, how many occupants. A few things are going to give you some guidance as to I'm going to be at this home a little longer or uh, this actually is a fairly small home with, you know, uh, just a couple living there. So uh, personally, I think that based upon your time and writing a report and what you have to do and your liability, I think a minimum of around $400 is what they should be, uh, you should be charging and they should uh, expect to get from you. So if you're undercutting that or you're doing $200, you're losing money and you're not providing the least a, a minimum amount of service that your clients need. I personally think it should be closer to $600 um, in terms of the amount of time you're doing. You are going to pull out some diagnostic tools. Those tools are not cheap. And uh, if you really start evaluating how much money it costs for you to go to a, a home to do that, um, those are some minimum costs that I think most homeowners would uh, be willing to pay, and some would even be willing to pay more depending on their condition. So if my if my daughter's got asthma issues, and I can't figure out why. Um, believe me, those home those parents are willing to pay six eight hundred dollars for you to come in and try to give them guidance as to what this is, and that's not including any kind of remediation or corrections. That's just to give them a, a full uh, risk assessment as to things that could be there. And of course, trying to send them back to their physician as to what other things they could be uh, giving guidance on. Yeah, but having said that, you know, I can foresee at some point there could be a for- forensic level certification above the healthy home evaluator. But we don't have any plans to develop that at this point. And this certification is more referral based, it's a knowledge test. So, um, the re- referral is you get to a place where you you would recommend bringing in licensed experts for such things as asbestos or mold or lead and paint, that, those kinds of things. So, so you know, it, it's not forensic level. It builds off of the building analysts or the other certifications, and a lot of programs in the around the country subsidize that initial audit. So you'll find in a state where they'll say um, the the customer pays a hundred bucks. In my in my county, we pay a hundred dollars for the energy audit. The utility reimburses the contractor on top of that for the rest of the energy audit. Some of the utilities around the country have told us that they plan to add the healthy home evaluator on top of what they're already doing in uh, home performance. So then you look at what's the additional cost above doing the energy audit to add in the healthy home evaluation? I've got a text question that I want to bring in here. I'm not sure. They're saying, isn't there a conflict of interest, excuse me, when a contractor installs a remedy, just like with a mold assessor and a mold contractor? Now, people go both ways on that. Some feel like, hey, you know, the dentist tells me I have a cavity and he fills my cavity and people argue that that's that's comparing apples and oranges have you had that discussion about you know when is it a conflict of interest and uh how do you handle that well the 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 fundamental element like larry pointed out is that the the healthy home evaluator is not somebody who is uh trained or um has the ability to do the remediation uh specs they may give you guidance as to you have suspect mold on your wall. I recommend you get this type of person. Depending on your state, there's a variety of requirements that are there. This appears to be uh, asbestos-like conditions. I highly recommend you find somebody who's qualified or licensed to test these kind of conditions. So the goal wasn't intended for any of these folks to do the work. 
Um, but for those that may be already licensed uh, to do that in that state or uh, have those kind of credentials or training, I think it's just a matter of uh, being uh, full disclosure to your clients as to, uh, I found this, my company does actually remediate this or can test for this, and uh, make sure your clients understand a uh, option of whether they should go to somebody else or they trust you to go ahead and do that kind of work. Um, it is also one of the goals of the Healthy Home Environment Association to come up with a code of ethics that addresses those kinds of questions or conditions. And I think it's a matter of like uh, some home inspection concepts that I'm, I'm here to inspect your home and your roof looks really bad, but I also can put a new roof on that. I think that's, that's all about our disclosure and giving your clients options uh, of what they decide to do. How do they? So, so, go ahead. Um, that's kind of the consultant model, the contractor model real quickly. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time with the program in New York state and they believe in the contractor model that the contractor has uh, skill set is asked into the home by the um, uh, individual and they do a diagnostic test and, and find out where the problems are and recommend changes that they can actually accomplish or oversee. Um, it's much like when I take my car to the mechanic, they tell me what's wrong and they tell me what it costs to get it fixed. I say, do it. I don't want to take it down the street and say, that my mechanic found this problem, you fix it for me. So I, I can see there's a role for the consultant. Uh, there's also a role for a contractor model. Yeah, that's a tough Great. question. Um, and and when you get more involved in the health side of things as opposed to the home performance side of things, and it seems like you're you're kind of crossing that that boundary there. Um, a lot of people are used to the consultant contractor model. So uh, where one person does the consulting, the other person does the contracting. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just something that you're going to run into. People are going to question it a little bit more because, you know, you, people are worried that, for instance, with the asbestos world or the lead world, oftentimes there's a separation between those uh, two roles. And, and, and the same with, mold remediation at least in in some states so it's going to be interesting to see how you know uh, how that is handled by the healthy home evaluators i think that comes into your background as your con uh, as being a contractor if you're a iaq type contractor you're probably used to this um two-tiered process but uh home performance folks as larry pointed out they're used to going in and I'm going to set my blower door up and show you how leaky your house is. And that's what I'm going to fix. So right. I, I think it depends on how you approach this with your client or what the conditions are. So, um, but air selling in a house doesn't have a specific, uh, state license requirements besides just being a licensed contractor for many of these applications, but mold, asbestos, uh, radon, all of those have criteria that your state could easily be overseen or have uh, secondary requirements to uh, that now you may be doing a, a two-tiered scenario. And you've, you've got to pick a side in, in, in some of those situations in some states. All right, let's, let's talk about the existing IAQ professionals out there. We, we've got a lot that listen to this show. Um, are these newly trained people going to take the place of the existing IAQ professionals, or is there a plan for how we can work these new people into the existing IAQ consulting world out there. I had a, a text question from the president of the Indoor Air Quality Association. How would that certification help someone like himself? And I, I would imagine a lot of his members. Can you guys address those topics? Um, one of the things that, um, you know, I have a, a blessing from Larry, and he'll speak up otherwise, but I'm sure that it, it's, it's really our goal to make sure that um, the homeowners get a healthy environment that they live in. So that's why we Larry started with his ability to focus on a BPI credential, right? Um, we see that there is a, a higher industry need for a healthy home concept. So one of the things, again, that's why HIA has been developed is we also want to come up with some associate certificates for um, uh, basically like real estate professionals or trade uh, technicians who have just a general knowledge about this. We want to come up with um, something that is a 
uh, HHEP, which is a Healthy Home Environment Professional, which now works with uh, existing IAQ uh, professionals or home inspectors or other trades that do understand uh, how the building kind of works. So um, the HHE kind of came with people who understand building science. Let's uh, open their vision to IAQ and other uh, health risks that go along with healthy homes. The opposite is, is uh, available to say, oh, these people are very aware of some of the health conditions and health risks. Let's open them up and broaden their vision with building science. So um, it's our goal to come up with a, uh, a universal type of application uh, that goes beyond uh, BPI so that they're complementing each other. Uh, and again, once we have protocols and uh, conditions to say that if you're BPI or if you're a, a HIA type of uh, certification, you're both doing the same thing at a house. So it isn't our goal to create a second tier industry. It's to create more professionals to be able to go do this. Larry, would you like right, to add and, anything? And, yeah. I mean, I, I think the building analyst, which is really our bread and butter, is what helps people understand the house as a system. And, and you know, building science is not rocket science. It, it's really something that helps with this assessment. So we... We found that our test centers around the country are now um, combining the traditional building analyst training with the healthy home evaluator so that if you don't have building analysts, you can go get that. Um, and it helps then inform your understanding of what's really going on in the home. And having said that, um, we're, we're looking very seriously at a level below where we are with the Healthy Home Evaluator. Um, <coughs> comparable in, to building analysts, we have something called building science principles, which has an exam, which is just a certificate. But it's used by inspectors, realtors, uh, salespeople, appraisers to understand the house's system. They need to know what a blower door is, but they don't need to know how to use it. And we're thinking of building a Healthy Home Principles um, um, reference guide and certificate exam for the inspectors, for realtors who go into the home, and if they find out that someone has asthma, uh, say, you know, perhaps you should get a healthy home evaluator to come in and do an assessment of the home. So full circle, we're trying to build out the uh, not just the healthy home evaluator, but but what really gets customers the information they need to make informed decisions. It, it isn't my uh, goal of the, uh, my association to compete with BPI. It's my goal to complement each other. So um, I, I work well. Larry's a, a personal good friend of mine, and it's my goal to make sure that uh, his program is completely successful and um, other things that we need in the industry, then the association kicks in to help make sure they're available. And I, I think there's other organizations that, that would look forward to helping you with this as well. I, I know you're working with the National Center, at least to some degree. Uh, Indoor Air Quality Association uh, put up a text here. They'd be interested in working with you on combining some of these areas of practice. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's something that needs to happen. I've, I've been doing this healthy home stuff for you know many years now i've worked with kevin we do some courses together and looking at things in a holistic manner is obviously the future um if they can ever get health insurance to to help with this in some way um I, and i think in some places they are to some degree uh, i think that could be a real turning point for all of these programs but i guess we'll see be before we go i want to make sure i give you guys a last word is there anything you'd like to add that we'd missed any final thoughts let's start with joe well one quick thing is we talked about ellen tone and i can give you the article that she most recently um did with some others and it's uh home rx as an RX uh, prescription, yes. the health benefits of home performance. That um, was it. Definitely a great article. And it's a good good show um, for those that haven't had a chance. Please listen to uh, that one. We had her on about three weeks ago now. If you're looking for more information, you can go to healthyhomeenvironmentassociation.org. Healthyhomeenvironmentassociation.org. We'll get that in the blog. Cliff is busy writing away. He will put together a blog, send it to both of you. 
before we send that out to our listeners next week so we can get your feedback and any corrections. And before we go, Larry, any final thoughts? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having us on today. And, and secondly, we are very interested in creating a, um alliance with other organizations. So would very much like to follow up with IAQA um, and other organizations to see how we can actually um, make a difference in people's homes. That's great to hear. And anything else that we missed, guys, before we go? I, I want to thank both of you. I know I've been trying to get together and uh, do a show on this topic for a little while now, and I appreciate you guys taking the time out to join us on IAQ Radio. Yeah, I misquoted my uh, address. It's healthyhomeenvironment.org, so apologize. Okay, we'll get that right. You guys get it right on the blog. We'll put it up. Larry, any final thoughts before we go? No, that's it. Thank you so much for having us on. Thank you, Larry Zarker and Joe Medosh for joining us today. Great Great discussion about the uh, BPI Healthy Home and uh, Evaluator Program and just a little bit on, you know, the, the holistic approach to home performance and to healthy homes. I think it's the, the future. Uh, we'll continue to follow it here on IAQ Radio. I also want to thank my co-host, the Z-Man. I'll bet your hand's sore today, Cliff. It is, but I think we'll have a good block, Joe. Very good, Cliff. Thanks you so much, as always, for your help. And uh, to John, you got to have faith. Great job back at the studio there. Next week, we're going to have a flashback Friday, but then the following week, we'll be at the Violand Executive Summit. We're going to be uh, doing a show with some of the, the old... What would we decide on there, Cliff? The, the old-timers of restoration? or well, I think the past 30 years, I think past 30 years of restoration we're going to have a great show we look forward to having listeners join us live again i think what we've learned over the past 30 years what we've learned over the past and there's been a lot hasn't there uh it's been a great uh great 30 years in that disaster restoration industry but uh please come back and join us next friday for the next episode of iaq radio for iaq radio i'm spike real saying thanks for listening